Welcome to another episode of The Root of All Business. This is your host, Charles Bear. And if you're an executive or a manager, for sure you'll go through big challenges every day with administration, organization, and moral. Now, the world is going through a post-crisis phase. Companies will go through a lot to get back to the uh, old and old normal and beyond. So that's why improving your leadership skills today is mandatory. But do you know what it takes to become an efficient leader? If I asked you to tell me three single things that will make all the difference between a me- mediocre leader and a great leader, could you name those three things? Answering this question could be very confusing. Taking into the, uh, account the amount of content on the topic out there, that, it, that is why. Rather than going with complicated leadership stuff like you know, implementing uh, smart strategies, application, and things like that, I will serve you more by starting with a foundation from where we'll be piling up the bricks for a great leadership culture in the future uh, podca- uh, podcast episodes. Today, we'll break it all down to the only three fundamental pillars of what a leader should care about. As soon as you implement them, they'll make the performance of your team, company, or organization exponentially grow. By giving you a clear vision about what you should focus on, which activities are a waste of time, and today's episode is full of incredible things to discover, so stay tuned. Before we go in depth into the three pillars, I was thinking of uh, sharing with you a practical exercise that will help you visualize what a real leader should really care about. This exercise is as simple as uh, it is the ultimate tool that I personally use whenever I have any doubt about what a great leader is. And I use this example as a guide. Imagine for a second that you have to go to uh, New York for business and you have to take a flight. You're on a corporate plane with a lot of people. You come up inside the plane and the pilot welcomes you by name. Actually, he welcomes everyone. He goes, hey Louise, good to see you. Miles, welcome to the plane. Sally, great, come in, come on in. And he knows everybody's names as they approach the plane. And you think, that's amazing. How does he do that? Once you're on board, you have, a, you have a look and see that what he does, he looks at every passport and memorizes the face and the name of every passenger. So he can greet them personally because he's, the, he's a boss who cares. So you think, well, that's great. He's obviously a terrific pilot, right? So you go to your seat and when you get there, you find there's little folded cardboard sign on your seat. It says, Dear Dave, or whatever. The pilot himself has made your seat for for you because he cares about the service quality. At this moment, you'll probably start to have your doubts, right? You'll probably start to wonder if he really is such a good pilot or not. But you say to yourself, well, that's a bit freaky. But for sure, it's not the freakiest thing that I've ever seen. Maybe, maybe... they have a very severe customer service, you know what. But then you'll go like, does he make every seat on the plane? I, he can't have time for that, can he? He has 
he has he made just mine in which case why why has he chosen me at random does he like me what's going on what do you think you think that's a bit odd and of course that's the best way to ensure the quality on the plane is not to make every seat by yourself but to make sure there's a system for training the flight attendants to make uh, so they can make the seats which will which will which will come back to very soon so you're beginning to wonder is he a good pilot or not he clearly cares about customer care and quality but does that make him a good pilot after all so anyway you try to put that out of your mind you get comfortable on your seat and after a few hours pass it's time for a snack you see the flight attendants are serving the meal in a very uh, smart black and white outfits and then you think hang on a minute i recognize the flight attendant and of course it's the pilot again serving the night snacks he likes to serve the snacks every night because he likes to be in touch with the crew and his staff and i don't mean crew in a derogatory way by the way i mean they're great they are the ones who do the work so you're thinking well you know that's a bit weird the pilot is serving the soup it's great that he is in touch with the crew but who's flying the plane while the pilot's there so you have your meal so after your meal which is very delicious by the way you decide to find out who's flying the plane maybe is maybe it's there is a co-pilot anyway you go to the cabin and of course nobody's there and the plane is just going on autopilot and in fact there's there are some birds ahead so you take the wheel you're about to turn the plane uh, the in the opposite direction opposite way when the pilot comes running from behind all sweaty he grabs the wheel he just manages to swerve the plane and avoid the birds whoa that was even close one i thought we were going we were gonna then phew still anyway um, it worked out fine in the end that's the main thing and then he says something like god i love this job it's so exciting there's never a dull moment i don't know what you will be thinking then but i'm thinking that there's not a very that's not he's not a very good pilot at all you will agree that nobody needs a pilot who gets his hands dirty all the organizations needs is a leader who makes sure that everything's all right i don't want him to do anything any of those things that i want him to delegate all that stuff so really a good leader is not somebody who's always running around doing things it's somebody who's in control the essence of leadership isn't just to do everybody else's job and become the highest paid attendant on the plane while the plane goes in the into the world into a world end the essence of leadership is to make sure that everything is done everything is being done to build a machine of people that will do the job for you building a machine of people i think that's what leadership is all about and if you think about the areas that the pilot has to cover it's the people the system the vision so he's got to make sure that he's got the right people in the right jobs and they have and that they are motivated he's got to make sure that that the system works there's a system for everything so the seat making there's a quality control system is everybody trained is there traceability if there's a problem uh, with the seat he can can he trace it back to who made it and retrain them so there should be a system for everything and then there should be a vision for where the company is going
So the people, the system, the vision are the three things that a leader has to have to, to be able to handle a business. If he doesn't have those, then there'll be problems. If the plane crashes, it's the pilot's fault. And now, what about if the pilot has to go to the toilet for five minutes and, and somebody else is flying the plane when it crashes? Who gets the court martialed? Can he blame the co-pilot? The answer is no. Because he chose that person. He put them in charge of flying while he was in the toilet. So the pilot always pilot is always responsible, even when he's asleep. Even when he's unconscious, ill for a week, he can't he can't use that as an excuse because he's supposed to set up the systems and make sure that he's got the right people. So he's responsible for everything on the plane. Everything is the leader's fault. So if the snacks are no good, that's the leader's fault. He can't blame the flight attendant. He's supposed to have got a good flight attendant. He's supposed to have checked on the sh on the chef by sampling the snacks occasionally. If one seat is not made, it's the leader's fault. Because he should have put a good manager in charge of, of bed making and he should make sure that the manager has a system. So everything is leader's fault. But in the eyes of the majority, leaders do nothing. What's the, what's the real function of a leader? then the reality is that he's responsible for everything now suppose he's got everything running smoothly and all the systems are in place and the people are great and everything just works i think most planes are probably like that right what would happen if he stays all day in bed and going and and, and going like i'm pretty sure everything is going to be okay the crews will probably start to think Phew, that pilot gets paid a lot of money and does nothing he just stand, stands here and there they maybe will have will start to think about what would happen if the pilot wasn't in charge and the answer will be absolutely nothing great leaders don't have necessary the great leaders don't have necessary to be missed right away this is crucial so pay play uh, play close attention because here's where everyone fails people just uh, people shouldn't even notice the pilot isn't there until maybe a while when they can go. Hmm. I haven't seen the pilot for a while. But because they're good people, they're trained, they've got the systems, they don't need the pilot anymore. Right? Nothing will happen for a while. And that's a, that should be the goal. But of course, we do still need a pilot. Because what will happen in a few months is that the environment will change. They will therefore new systems will be needed and organizations will need a different vision as well the environment will the environment could be our competitors it could be our customers it could be whatever also the people will gradually become out of date they'll become bored they won't need uh, they, they won't be motivated anymore or the work they're required to do will change uh, sub subtly so the arrangement of people constantly needs tinkering with to keep it as good as it can be now for you that are real life manager boss or organization leader that are what that are listening to this maybe this pilot metaphor could be hard to follow or maybe it seems like a, a, a lot of nonsense 
Still, try to think of think about the last time that you left the office for a doctor's appointment, for example, and through all the day, uh, you couldn't help but uh, be attached to the phone, solving problems. If your organization can't run without your supervision, that's a sign that your systems need to need a double check. And and I'm always amazed at training courses when it's done just one day training course. You see, you uh, and you've got a lot of people on the phone every interval, every coffee break, tea break. That's really scary for me to watch, because all the time you hear things like yeah, 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 it's on the third shelf, or yes, it's in the blue folder. Um, yeah, tell him he can have it, or no, tell him that you know he's got a he's got to pay f- extra five quid or or whatever that might be, and you just think. If the, if the people in your organization can't live without you for just a quarter of the day, you probably have some serious problems. Everything should be everything should run fine without your presence for a while. You shouldn't need to be uh, phoning back the base the whole time. You should learn how to delegate, and we are going to talk about in the next episodes. Uh, but it absolutely, it, but it's absolutely the key. I think the essence of a manager is somebody who sets up everything well so that it just runs al- alone or somebody who's trying to set it all uh, or somebody who's uh, trying to set up all the systems and get all the right people so it will just run itself the essence of a leader should be to create an efficient machine of people that works effortlessly through the right people the right system and the right vision one example of a of a leader that had all these ele- these three elements was the great Lee Lakoka, a leader that can make make it or break it for the for a company. In Lee Lakoka's case, he made it for not for one but two of the greatest car producers in the world. Because of his talent as a leader and CEO, he was elected by Portfolio.com the 18 uh, best CEO um, of American history. And pretty soon you'll discover that they uh, they get pretty short one with this uh, they get pretty short with this one with this one. Lee became one of the uh, most famous names in, in the automotive industry due to his incredible ability with people, his undeniable talent to make things work, and his skill for envision envisioning the prominent future of the organization. Lococo is known for saving Ford and Chrysler from brand bankruptcy, and creating both brands' most famous cars. The Mustang by by Ford and uh, Dodge Caravan by Chrysler. Lee is one of the most one of the greatest examples of a leader who has a system, the people, and the vision. Many many people agree that leaders should be uh, visionary. It's easy to identify vision on leaders like uh, uh, Elon Musk and Steve Jobs and Jeff Bezos, but the system is also important on Lacocco's case. The system was very unique and flawless. Market research. Lee came up with the Mustang idea when, through observation, he perceived that the younger people um, were more and more each time entering into the auto- automobile market. And that's why he understood that these models needed to be updated in order to survive. Lee convinced Ford to start producing models for younger generations. The result couldn't be any different. The Mustang became a huge success. And still uh, today, is the dream car for many young kids from every generation since his creation in 1964. He wasn't just a system uh, system drive person. As you already have been wondering, um, he also was very good at managing people. 
Chrysler was failing into abyss when he took over the wheel. What had been a worldwide brand one day became synonymous with, uh, with of failure in the 1970s due to the recalls of the company's Dodge Asfin and Plymouth uh, Walray, which made the company lose millions of dollars. To save the company, use his system and research what kind of car people wanted at the time. But more than that, he made sure that he had the right people to help him. The first thing he needed to do was to get the money. And he knew exactly who had the money. The government. He requested the government a loan of $1.5 billion. That was a lot of money to pay back. That led us to the second part of, of the finding right people. Uh, Lee began rebuilding the entire company from the ground up laying off many workers and uh, keeping only the amount that was needed to keep the business running. And another important step to having the right people was selling the loss-making Chrysler Europe division to Persia and bringing in many former associates uh, from his uh, former company Ford. With all those changes, uh, Lakoka kept not only the necessary people, but the the ones that knew that could uh, that could that he knew that could do an amazing job with or without him. And finally, a leader also knows how know the right direction that the company or the organization is supposed to take. Lee was no exception to that rule. He knew Chrysler was going to uh, he knew that Chrysler was going to be a success under his supervision, and he was willing to bet his own money on that. Lee wanted to pay back every single pen, every single cent that the government uh, lent to him. So he slashed executive salaries, including his own, to a dollar a year and depended heavily on automation, subcontractors and persuaded the company suppliers to accept late payments. The results were impressive. Chrysler got back on track better than ever, sold thousands of cars and Lee was able to pay back the loan in just three years seven years earlier than expected. Lococo's example is a great example of a great leader who through applying these three elements could save two companies from bankruptcy and became one of the most, uh, one of the most top CEOs, popular CEOs of all time. If you are not impressed by Lococo's success, uh, applying uh, these pillars through a, his personal history, I really don't know what to say to you. Lakoka's journey, uh, Lakoka's legacy in the leadership world goes long, uh, goes way beyond his time in Ford and Chrysler. He authored or co-authored several books, including Lakoka and Autobiography with uh, William Nowak, I believe, where and where um, have all the leaders gone? Now that you have seen all those three elements that can help you become a better leader, grow your company and succeed in your job, would you like to learn how to implement them and to start having the success right now? If the answer is yes, I have the perfect solution for you. If you um, if you click on the link, uh, if you click on the link in the show notes, or drop me an email or a message, where we can have a one-to-one -one strategy call, and then I can help you uh, personally develop a leadership plan for you, develop your leadership uh, skills plan for you. So you can become a great leader. You desire to be and exponentially increase the performance of your team and organization. Don't forget to tune in in, in for the next episode where you'll find out uh, more about uh, leadership stories 
and uh, case studies. That's it for today. If you like this episode, please subscribe uh, to the podcast, and I'll guarantee you that after every episode, you'll ha- you'll see that you'll have new abilities and strategies to implement and grow your leadership and influence at work. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.